welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Robin. And we are two of the six founding members of DSO Connect, a group dedicated to helping dance studio owners build successful businesses and balanced lives. That sounds like a group I want to be part of. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? Yeah. Oh, I am a part oh, of hey, it. look at that. We already are. Yeah, there are six of us of DSO Connect. You only hear from the two of us usually on the podcast, but if you join our Facebook community group, you will hear from the other four of us, Tammy, Heather, Holly, and Amanda, and we all met online because we needed support and we needed um, we needed to feel less alone as studio <laughs> owners, and we needed to vent about issues in our studios and and just feel less isolated because yeah. it, it can be so isolating as a studio owner. You sure can, especially when your nearest competitor is the only person in your town that right. is that understands what you're going through. You're certainly not going to call her and say, <laughs> hey, I'm having these problems. I mean, maybe you can. Maybe we just need to change the whole way the dance industry works and start calling up the dance studio down the street and have, go out for a drink or coffee or something. Or that can be a different topic. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda's good at that. Amanda I mean, is good at she that. She should talk about that She one should. Day. We should have her on the podcast and we can talk about that. Yeah, making friends with the studio owner up the street. I love that. Love it. Cool. Um, so Robin, what are we talking about today? So we're going to talk about how to deal with difficult situations with parents, whether that's student placement, billing, plain old drama. Yeah, it's a problem that I feel like every single dance studio owner faces, no matter what style of dance you offer, how long you've been in business, it's all over the studio owner groups. I have this prop, this parent sent me this email, how do I respond? You know, it does get difficult when we're in the midst of our studios we get very attached to these kids mm -hmm. we get very, we take our jobs very seriously and when a parent comes and has a concern or a complaint mm -hmm. we tend to take it very personally very personally because yeah. we it it sounds like a personal attack on Absolutely. something oh, that we yeah. put our heart and soul into Absolutely and I think it's it's so hard to remove yourself from that situation mm -hmm. and not respond emotionally. It is, but that's the key. That is the key. Yeah, removing yourself from the situation, mm -hmm. staying calm, and responding and like you know respectful, but fr like firm and compassionate, and without thinking about yourself. Yeah, you know who does a really good job of this is your kid's school teacher. Yes, I feel like they have good training mm -hmm. in you know if you're a parent I've got three sons and my youngest was a class clown and he I was always being called in for student teacher conferences and the teachers would always have to talk to me about how my son wanted to entertain the class and I think that some of the younger teachers who are younger than me thought that I was going to get really upset with them mm -hmm. about how they were telling me about my son's flaws. Right. And I was always impressed with how they were able to deliver the information in a way that was never personal. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, I knew my kid was a clown. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like we could learn a lot from the school teachers sure. at school and also just from other businesses that we interact with. 
because a lot of times they're not as emotionally invested as we are. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we need to be cold and no. not invested, but remain professional. Yes. Res- uh, email responses and correspondence should not be emotional. Yeah, or like inflammatory or right. anything. If there's an email that comes through your inbox that gets you heated, mm-hmm. then don't respond right away. <laughs> write a response and send it to someone on your admin team. Yeah, be very careful before you yeah. hit send. Yeah. Make sure you triple check yeah. who's in the recipient address. Yeah. Send it to someone else to have them read it or post it in the DSO Connect community group mm. and have fellow studio owners read it before you send it. And I mean, I feel like there are some real amazing word crafters in our crew yeah. who are able to really craft a response that's just so beautiful yeah. and and respectful, but also firm and to the point. Mm-hmm. So that's a good resource for the, that the group can be too. Is, yeah. is you know proofreading. Um, so yeah, parent drama is. It, it always happens. Mm-hmm. It's never going to go away. And I always say that our job would be way easier if we could just teach orphans with trust funds and yeah. never have to deal with the parents. <laughs> but it's just the reality is, you know, your dancers might be at the top of our minds the most, but really the parents are the real customers and we need to keep them happy. And that might sway you, especially early on, especially if you're a young studio owner younger than most of your parents you might be swayed to give in to their every demand to make sure that they're loyal customers but that will come back to bite you you don't want to train your customers that you can be walked all over because that is not gonna set you up for a sustainable business and you're gonna get burnt out real quick yeah but it is sorry go ahead I had an experience that really shifted my whole mindset. Um, Maybe about 10 years ago, I had, my studio is very well-rounded in its curriculum, so Mm -hmm. all of my students are required to take three ballet classes a week, a modern, a jazz, and a tap. That's awesome. But I had a couple of kids who were really falling in love with ballet, and they wanted to go to a studio that was more ballet-centered. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to spend... They didn't want to take tap. <laughs> I know. They didn't, they, it's just they, they, if they only had so many hours in the week, right. they wanted to take three more ballet classes and let go of the tap, the jazz, and the modern. And I wish I had that problem. <laughs> yeah, so I was sitting in my office with a parent of one of these girls. I really didn't want her to leave, and I was in a little bit of a panic because I felt there was going to be a little exodus of of my good students right. leaving and you know you you get that 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 stink on you of desperation Ooh, yeah, which smells. is horrible and that's what was happening to me and um, I remember sitting down with the dad and saying look I really want to keep your daughter at my studio what can we do maybe we can re make a special exception and and reformat the package so that she can take this ballet and that ballet and you know da, da, da. and this dad looked at me and said Robin you have an excellent program and you believe in what your program is doing it's clearly working don't change it for us we need to go to a studio that has a different vision and it would not be in your best interest to change your vision to accommodate three families wow and I that's amazing I had nothing to say yeah I was I was humbled but I also was embarrassed a little bit that I was groveling. Mm-hmm. But I, it, it taught but me a lesson. You, but weren't you also flattered that he acknowledged, acknowledged that what you're doing works? Right. Yeah. Right. 
That's awesome. So the point is that, um, what is the point? Where was I going with that? <laughs> the point is that your your policies and your your systems and your programs are in place because you know what you're doing. Yeah, and talking with parents it doesn't have to always be confrontational. Absolutely. And once you put the the parent at ease and and put into place uh, a. The tone of the relationship mm -hmm. as we are in this together, right? Then that's going to change the whole trajectory of the conversation. Absolutely, yeah. And sometimes it is okay to lose a student. Mm -hmm. There might be a good loss, like maybe, maybe th that probably worked out for that student's mm -hmm. best interest because they were able to really focus on ballet mm -hmm. and they got a great education in your program and now they're going to go even further right and now that girl is dancing at North Carolina School for the Arts and you can list that as an alumni accomplishment on your website right and she will say I got my start at EMC performing arts studio mm -hmm. my love of dance was planted there I yeah. had a good foundation and there is no bad blood between right. our family oh. and their family and that's so important yeah yeah so it is possible to stick to your policies, make money, and keep your parents happy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the best way to deal with parent problems is to set up your programs and systems to avoid them altogether. We want to make sure that our billing and attendance policies are clearly laid out when parents register online, over the phone, or in person. Also include the policies in the welcome packet and on your website and refer parents to them often. Yeah, so if a parent emails you and asks, why didn't we get an extra makeup or a refund for being closed for winter break? Oh, well, as you can read in our policies and then link to the policies mm -hmm. on the website, uh, you know, we take the total tuition for the year and divide it into equal monthly payments for your convenience. Boom, done, done. Yep. And then they click over to the policies page and they might spend a couple minutes rereading all the policies. The more you can refer to them back to what your program is like the foundation of your program and those because those policies really are like the foundation of what mm -hmm. you're based on the more you can refer parents back to that the more they'll be on board with you and they'll be on your team yeah and another thing I found is sometimes an explanation for your policy is in order for example one time I was told that there was a gaggle of moms in the parking lot going on and on about the price of the recital tickets oh my and i walked myself out to the parking lot <laughs> and i said hey ladies what's going on and of course they look all guilty and and they're like oh nothing 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 <laughs> and i said no seriously what's going on and they said well we just don't understand why the recital tickets are 22 dollars each and i said well you know what i let me let me tell you yeah i'll tell you we use a professional theater and the and cost, a professional staff there's a professional stage manager lighting designer there's the guy who operates the fly um, this is a professional state-of-the-art theater this is not the local high school exactly and I said full disclosure the theater will cost us sixteen thousand dollars for the for the weekend and their jaws drop open and they're like oh oh well then the question comes up well why don't you just use the high school auditorium and I say Believe, I know you're new to the studio, this is your first time. 
Let's talk again after the show and you tell me if you see the difference between the professional theater and the high school auditorium. Right. Absolutely. And just by explaining it, not in a snarky way, right. but giving them an actual legitimate reason mm -hmm. is is what they want. Right. And just sometimes that, well, that's just the way it is and get over it attitude is not going to work with people. Exactly. And and you don't have to disclose your entire budget. <laughs> you can just give them a little glimpse into what you're dealing with. Yeah. And I usually don't throw numbers around that way, but I right. do with the Polo Center, with our theater, yeah. because it's a shocking number. Mm -hmm. And I do tell them, we don't usually come, come out with a big profit there. Right. But I think it's that important that these mm -hmm. kids have this opportunity that I am willing to provide that. Absolutely. So another thing that parents might complain about or have an issue with is where their students are placed, mm, uh, what one. level they're in, what, what team they're on, or what have you. If you use student evaluations or report cards regularly, your parents will see on clear as day on paper their dancers' strengths and weaknesses, and they'll have a more realistic expectation of what level they'll be placed in next year, or what team they'll get on, or what they need to work on. Yeah, one note about this where it has backfired for me <laughs> is when the teachers are too nice. They're too nice. <laughs> they're too complimentary and too positive. Yeah, and so then they don't promote the kid, and the parent comes to you. To I got all fives. What the hell? Right. So the, you need to make sure that your teachers are yeah. accurately exactly um, assessing the students so that it supports the placement decision. Per yeah, exactly. I you know train your staff what you expect to see and what the purpose is of those evaluations. If you tell them like. You know, these evaluations are to are to set parents expect parents and students expectations. If this kid is not ready to move to the next level, don't give them fives. Right. So make it clear to your teachers so they know what the purpose is. Right. And you might even have a list of students that aren't going to be promoted or mm -hmm. move with their group. Yeah. And when instead of I don't know how many students you have and if if it's reasonable for you to screen every single evaluation but at least screen the ones that you know right. are going to be an issue exactly and make yeah. sure that that those evaluations support the placement decision for the next semester yep for sure um, let's make sure that we have regular times when you're present the studio owner is present in the studio lobby talking with parents being sociable so that they feel tended to and part of the dance family yeah parents are going to be more likely to come up with an issue if they never see you <laughs> mm. if you're around and happy and chipper and and you know catching up with parents they are going to feel more at home and more at ease yeah, keep it professional. Right. Don't get into the, you know, the gossip. Yeah. With with parents, but just, you know, sometimes you might hear some some chatter about, oh, the costumes are so expensive or oh, my daughter's costume didn't quite fit like a glove. And you can just super positive say something like, yeah, I know, the cost of costumes just keeps going up every year. You know, we, <laughs> uh, we're feeling it too. Yeah. Or, well, you know, the costumes, um, in order for us to keep our prices down, they're, they're not custom made for your child. But we do provide a seamstress who will make the appropriate alterations. alterations yeah. But just keeping, keep, keeping your ears open to what they're chatting about mm -hmm. and keeping um, and answering them with really positive um, 
feedback, yeah, but also letting them know that they're heard. Yeah, letting them know that they're heard and your feedback is focused on value mm. and focused on solutions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So another way to avoid issues is to have your front desk person call to check in with parents at regular intervals just to make sure everything's running smoothly and to see if they have any questions or concerns. I know some studios have a person who, you know, their job title is customer care manager or ambassador or ambassador or whatever it might be. Someone who's warm and bubbly, good on the phone. Um, have them call every single student who's registered in a class, every single family, every, you know, for new students, maybe every three months. For returning students, maybe every five months. Whatever it might be, just so you're reaching out. And even if you just leave a voice message saying, hey, it's Miss So-and-so from XYZ Dance Studio. We're just calling to check in, see if you have any concerns. We're super excited about Sally's progress this year. Give us a call back if you have any questions about anything. Have a great day. Mm -hmm. They're going to hear that voicemail and just feel taken care of. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all. And if it seems like you have way too many students for that to happen, you can at least call the ones that are squeaky wheels. Mm -hmm. We have a process at our studio where we call them flight risks. Yes. And if a, if a student appears to look uninterested or disengaged yeah. in class mm -hmm. or if a mom seems to be withdrawn and you know sh displaying body language that makes her look as if she's not happy or whatever, somebody heard in the grocery store, this, that, that, then <laughs> right. they go on the they list, on the flight risk, the list. Flight ri risk list, and Ooh. I might um, reach out to them via an email, or I might grab them, you know, in person, and just right. say, hey, is everything okay? You know, you want to step my office and talk? And, and sometimes you can, I mean, gosh, if, if it's just a matter of something small that you can clear up with a parent, right. you could save the student. And over the lifetime of that student, I mean, that's huge. That's huge. Absolutely. And if, again, if you come to the family first, they'll be much less likely to stir things up. Mm -hmm. A small problem will be tackled when it's still small and hasn't ballooned into a much larger problem. Yep. Yeah. And letting, letting your families know that your door is always open is mm -hmm. a good thing. I think, though, also that um, we want to be careful not to invite problems. Certainly. I have this one dad at the studio who, um, he's a former police officer, and he has this kind of rapport with me where he's like, I'm not complaining, but... I just, want to, I just want to let you know. And then I'm like, but you're kind of complaining. But you are complaining. <laughs> and he's like, but we have this rapport. Like, you know, I love you. I got you. This and that. And right. Like, and I play along and I listen. And whatever he needs, I usually am able to, you know, right. work it out for him. And he usually leaves very happy. But you want to be careful that you're not setting up a, um, a pattern with families where they feel like, well, I'll just go talk to Robin, and she'll give me front row a couple right. seats in the exactly. front row. Exactly. Don't let them walk all over you. Right. Yeah, for right. sure. Yeah, it's a fine line between my door is always open and don't come in here for a bunch of BS. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So what do we have? Um, parents don't know dance, so we have to educate them about the process of learning and what to expect. 
well before company auditions or level placements are published, have office hours when parents and students can set up a time to come in and talk with you about their progress and what they need to work on. You can use something like Calendly to schedule these or even just like a, a Google Calendar mm -hmm. um, that you share and schedule 15 or 30 minute blocks of time for parents and students to come in. Yep, so what we do at our studio is um, over the Thanksgiving break, I have my dance teachers start working on the placement or the, the evaluation sheets. And they have until January when we return to fill them out for all their students. So the first week in January, the students get their evaluation forms. And then I have uh, goals meetings open office hours basically for the students to sign up and have goals meetings. They don't all do it. God, if they did, I I would right. be seeing double. Yeah, and it's a lot not, of time. And they're not going to. They're no. not all going to. But you're gonna get the student the students who are taking it the most seriously mm -hmm. yep. will be in there to talk to you. And so that's good. I tell them to come in with their um, evaluation sheets mm -hmm. and we go over them. And again I have a I know what the desired placement is going to be for company auditions which is in May so I already know alright here comes Sarah and um, I know that she's not going to get the placement that she wants in mm -hmm. May but I need to make sure that everything I say to her supports that decision exactly so yes I'm gonna compliment her on her achievements but I'm also going to focus on the the work that she still needs to do exactly so that I'm not just it's not just a fluffy meeting where I'm saying you're awesome you're Sarah, great we love you you're so great we just were so proud you're of you're doing your everything you're supposed to be doing yeah. you don't need to worry that's not gonna set her it's, up it's gonna bite you in the butt exactly when the audition results come out right and you want to make sure that they're not hearing about their weaknesses for the first time when they get rejected for the team or exactly. play or not moved up or whatever it is they should already know they should have ample time to fix it exactly because really I want Sarah to get the placement that she wants Absolutely. and if she turns it all around then we all win for sure. But let's give her the opportunity to do the work. Absolutely. So no matter how hard we work to create a studio without issues, there will be the inevitable unhappy parent. And the most important thing to remember when this happens is to make your parents feel heard. Whatever their issue is, whatever the concern, you have to listen to them. Let them talk. They might talk for a while, <laughs> but you have to let them get it out. <laughs> yeah, have a notepad in your lap and just make yeah. notes oh, man. as they're that talking goes so far. instead of interrupting them. Yes, absolutely. And you know, whether it's by email or over the phone or in person, you want to acknowledge their pain point and empathize with them. Try to put yourself in their position to see the issue from their perspective and then remind them of what they already know like your policies or their kids progress report to back up your decision you want to be present you know like reminding them as you know blah 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 blah, blah or as you can see on their evaluation da, 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 da. as you know we don't place children according to their friends <laughs> you know exactly exactly yeah and you have to try not to be confrontational don't take it personally try not to get emotional even if they're being demanding or pushy or they're getting emotional you have to respond with professionalism mm -hmm. stay calm keep your tone neutral super respectful and complimenting their kids in the process never hurts but do it in a way that still supports your decision 
I would say after they finish telling you what their issue is, mm -hmm. after they are done and they've got nothing more to say, I would start by saying, I hear you saying, yeah. and I would try to summarize very briefly exactly. what I hear is their problem. Yeah. And then I would go from there. And you know what? This works in relationships too. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it does. I use this with my boyfriend. Maybe you use it with your yeah. husband. I hear you. What I'm hearing you say. It, okay, so make sure I have it right. Yeah. I'm hearing you say da 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 da. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Let's figure out a solution mm -hmm. from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think also at this time you need to really be honest and ask yourself: Did we as a studio? drop the ball somewhere right is there something that we did did we make a mistake right um is there some is there a place here that we could improve right and own up to own it. up to it yeah i had a situation this past fall where we had a new teacher on board and she was not we were not clear with her that all of her choreography for the holiday show needed to be done by Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. She thought holiday show mid December, I've got, you know, three more weeks. Plenty of time. Well yeah. what we do in our studio is after Thanksgiving we're in production rehearsals and she doesn't even come back. So her dance needed to be done and it wasn't. So during production rehearsals one of the moms came to me and said these nine-year-olds are stressed out because instead of you know enjoying production rehearsals and feeling on top of the world and in the holiday spirit with their gift exchange in this you know in the corner over there by the tree my th this class is stressed out having to completely learn a new dance and I said I listened to her talk and I said you know what we did drop the ball a little bit with commute with onboarding this new custom with this new team member and we're aware of it and we're on it but the experience but here we are here we are you know we can we can go look back and see where we made our mistakes but now we're in this moment and we have to move forward together and t between you and I we need to be a good team so that we can make this a great experience for your child how are we going to make these kids learn from this experience? And while we don't always look for, up, you know, the hard road, sometimes the hard road presents itself, and these kids are going to have a much richer victory Absolutely. at the end of this show. They are going to be so proud of themselves yeah. because they they will see that they had this really difficult situation and they overcame it. Right. And and that's such an amazing life lesson for them to yeah. learn at night. You never know when these things are going to happen. Right. And things don't always run as planned. And we need to teach our kids that you need to rally from that setback mm -hmm. and brush yourself off, take a deep breath, and keep plowing forward. Yep. What a life lesson and what a what an opportunity we have right now to help these kids through it. And better that they learn that life lesson in this safe space and in this community that they know and are used to than when they're 30 and out in the world and Absolutely. <laughs> like fall flat on their face. Right. So always bring it back to you and the parent are on the same side. Mm -hmm. You are not adversaries. And also, how can we turn this into an opportunity to teach your child how to be better? Exactly. Exactly. So, let's say, Casey, let's do a little role play here. All right. Let's say I'm Mrs. Smith, and I'm very disgruntled about my daughter was not selected to perform a solo this year in the recital. What would you say to me? Okay. 
So remembering that we want to let them talk, hear them out, echo what they're saying back to them, and then respond with solution-oriented. Admit. Admit or, any faults mm -hmm. um, and use facts that they already know to back it up. Okay, so here's what I would say. I would say, Mrs. Smith, I, I understand your frustration and I totally get that you want your daughter to have the most stage time possible. And, and I, I hear what you're saying. And she's been working really, really hard and has come really far. We're super proud of her. Let's take a look together at her last evaluation forms. We can see here that while her technique has definitely improved, she needs to work on her stage presence and performance quality. In order to perform a solo, a dancer has to be, has to, she's got to really command the space and have a lot of confidence. And although she's improved a lot this year, I'm concerned that she's just not quite ready to step out on the stage by herself just yet. It can be a really scary thing to do. And I would really hate for her to step out on that stage without the confidence that she needs and have a negative performance experience and then have a hard time coming back to perform another time. Mm -hmm. That's that's happened to a lot of people and it's really hard to come back from. Um, I would say that rather than her, I'd rather her be over prepared than under prepared and I don't want her, um, yeah, I don't want her to have a negative performing experience. I think if we let her keep working to build up some more confidence before giving her a solo, she will absolutely crush it. Now, so let's discuss some ways we can help her get there. Right, together. and it's important to just not talk to death, but to actually come up with a con come up with a concrete plan. Right. So when the mom walks out, she feels like, all right, we have steps in place. Exactly. And then I would say something like, um, maybe we can put her in a hip hop class, which will take her out of her comfort zone. And once she gets in the groove there, that will really Im increase her confidence. And it helps with that like finesse and attitude part of the of dance performing. Um, maybe she can join our assistant teacher training program. Leading young kids can really help with confidence. Or maybe we just want to make sure that she's standing in front of the class mm -hmm. uh, in the center. We want to make sure that she's going across the floor first mm -hmm. when we get to that part of the class. Maybe she needs private lessons. Maybe she and, needs private lessons. And Absolutely. maybe we can start working on a solo. And you know, after six weeks, we'll inv invite an informal audience to come in and see her. Exactly. But let's keep the point is whatever your solution is going to be. Let the mom leave feeling like she has concrete steps in place mm -hmm. to reach the goal. Exactly. And you'll notice I didn't include a timeline in my next steps. I didn't make any promises. I didn't tell her that she could have a solo next year because who knows if Mrs. Smith's daughter will be ready for a solo next year. That's just pushing the problem to future you, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So you want to make sure that you're not promising anything that you can't fulfill. Yeah. Wow. We're like psychologists, <laughs> not only studio owners, but we have to deal. I mean, we with really do have to deal with a lot of personalities and emotions in our job, and it. I mean, you really have to to understand where people are coming from right. to be an effective leader and to really negotiate these tricky situations. Right. Sometimes I think you also have to. There have been times also where a parent has come to me and said. My daughter is so upset, and mm. she's devastated. Oh, and she's devastated. Right, she's devastated. She's so disappointed. And, you know, you have to also remind parents that 
their child, especially if it's a daughter, I would say, needs to be able to vent to her mom mm-hmm. in the car. Like, let's say mom picks Sally up from class and Sally gets in the car and she's just like, oh, oh, and the drama <laughs> and the, oh. And Miss Kristen was so mean to me today and I don't know why she picks on me all the time. And Mary pushed me down. I know she did it on purpose. <laughs> During the pirouette section, I know she did it on purpose. Well, okay. The daughter needs to vent, mm-hmm. and the mom needs to listen mm-hmm. and take it with a grain of salt. Right. And not every time that a, a child is venting... And and, abs- and devastated. And devastated. That, that, that doesn't warrant um, a, a meeting. With, right. Sometimes, as a mom, you need to say, sweetie, let's talk this through. Let's Do you really it. think Mary, you know colluded to to push you down <laughs> do you really think miss Kristen was picking on you or maybe she was trying to help trying you. to help you maybe she sees a lot of potential in you and that's why she's giving you so many corrections right so hopefully the parents when they do come to you we're dealing with legitimate problems exactly but you want to kind of squash the the little dramas mm-hmm. in that in that way because you don't want to train the parents that they can come to you with every little you know, expression that their daughters legitimately may have, and, and they should be able to vent to their mom. Absolutely, but the mom should be able to respond, not catastrophically. Yes. Yeah. So how do you, when a parent does come to you with a little concern like that, which to the kids seems huge, and we, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to invalidate those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the parent has turned it into a much bigger situation than it needs to be. How do you address that? So the parent comes to you and says, my daughter is devastated because her teacher's picking on her or another student is picking on her or she didn't get the part that she wanted. Mm -hmm. How do you respond to that parent that's really upset because her child is devastated? Yeah. Well, I say, wow, what a rich opportunity we have together to help your child get through this, rally from a setback, Mm -hmm. and move forward in the face of adversity. I mean, if that parent is so dramatic, I can be just as dramatic. (laughs) Like, like your child is going to go down in history as the most (laughs) brave little girl ever, and we're going to do this together. But how can we teach, instead of showing her that you just you know, wag your finger at at the director of the studio and get your way. way. No, we were teaching your daughter that sometimes you have to catch your breath, Mm -hmm. stand back from the situation and look at it objectively. Right. And, you know, I figure out what the situation really is. Maybe you need to talk to Mary. Maybe you need to talk it out, hug it out. Um, You know, I just always go back to putting myself on an equal playing field with the parent exactly and reminding them that we're in this together mm-hmm. I know dance you know your daughter right let's put all that information together right. and come up with a way that we can all get what we want which is for your daughter to thrive not only as a dancer but as a young as lady. a young lady yeah, yeah absolutely the what's tricky there is if you like me when I first started and like you when you first started are younger than your parents if your client if you're younger than your clientele they may not take too kindly to you giving them what they might see as parenting advice yes yeah and that is that's tricky there's not an easy fix for that I would say in that case it's 
essential that you conduct yourself in a professional manner. Absolutely. My response usually is reminding them of my expertise. So I started my studio at, God, was I 23, 24, something like that. I was a wee baby. Um, and but already I had over 10 years of teaching experience. Mm -hmm. And so I, I when a parent comes to me, and I've had parents come to me and say, well, you don't understand because you're not a parent. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you can say. And so, and so I take a deep breath, try not to take it personally, because how rude. Um, <laughs> or you'll understand when you have your own kids. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I roll, get out of here. Um, so my response, Take a deep breath. Try not to get too confrontational or emotional about it, but just simply say, I, I hear you and I understand what you're saying, but I've been teaching dance longer than you have been a parent. Ah, touche. Yeah. And also your, your role is not to be a parent. Right. Your role is to be a teacher. Yes. I know, I know what to do in the dance studio. You know your kid. Tell me more about your kid so I can more properly um, help them thrive in mm -hmm. the dance studio. And, and, it's, and, then, and then turn it into a team project. Mm -hmm. you're, again, you're on the same team. Yeah. yeah. If you are a young studio owner and you are feeling this vibe from, from the parents, um, be really careful about how you're presenting yourself in general. Are you running around in pajama pants? Right. With your hair in like uh, a messy mess. bun? Right. Are you on Facebook, you know, I don't know, with a red solo cup in your hand <laughs> in every other picture? Yeah. Like you need to present yourself as a professional adult. Absolutely. If you want to be perceived that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then on the flip side, when you do get to that point where your clientele start becoming younger than you, mm -hmm. you will see it's like magic. It, it'll be a combination of, you know, the the work that you've done over the years mm -hmm. and the experience that you legitimately have, and the fact that you are being perceived as an older, more wiser person, and all the stars will come into alignment. Hopefully, if you're doing the right thing. Um, and and the whole dynamic switches. Yeah, that's starting to happen to me now. Yeah, it's really cool. It is. I like it a lot. Yeah. I still have a lot of parents who are like, "Oh, you're so young," and then I have a lot of parents now, like my three year and four year old parents who are younger than me, and I'm like, "Oh, you're so young." <laughs> <laughs> but I think that dealing with parents is an art. It really is, and yeah. it takes practice. It and does. you're going to fumble the first couple of times you have a parent come to you with a concern. Um, and that's okay. It's part of the learning mm -hmm. process. You know, you'll get better at it. And you can be humble without being self-deprecating. Yeah. You can, you can, I, I don't think, I, I think you need to be careful not to cross a line and say, you're right, I, 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 I just messed up. I, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing and, and we all dropped the ball. You know, that's yeah. different than saying, I see where we ran into some problems. We're going to fix it in the future. We are fixing this in the future. Yep. We're aware we're of it. We're aware we of the problem. We have a plan We have a place. solution in place, and we're fixing it moving, going yeah. forward. Yeah, absolutely. So what about the parent and student that is just not salvageable? You realize that their goals are not in line with what your program is built for, yeah. and they need to go. Yeah. I think that's when you say... I don't think this is the program for you. I, I, I like to say, I like to say, again, 
mirroring back to them what what they're saying to you so I'm hearing you say that your goals for Carly are to earn a double triple platinum at a competition and that's a great goal that doesn't really align with what we do at our studio or whatever it is like for example my studio is not a competition studio so if I've got a kid that just wants trophies mm -hmm. they've got to go somewhere else but I need to frame it in a way that it makes the parent think that it's their idea mm -hmm. I'm hearing you say this but we do this mm -hmm. and then they are it's dawning on them that maybe it's not a good fit and um, you know I might say have you considered looking at other programs and maybe I'll suggest some to them um, and hopefully when they do leave when they do seek out another program it's not a negative goodbye. The door is always open so that if they go and try the competition thing or you know, maybe they want more ballet like your student, if they realize that it wasn't the right choice, they can always come back. Yeah. Yeah. But you also want them leaving saying good things about you. Like Casey Absolutely. was wonderful. She recommended this new program mm -hmm. and it's a great fit, but Casey really planted the seeds and the love of dance in my child. Yes. And, it, and I totally recommend it. You and, know. She, and my daughter got a good foundation of technique mm -hmm. and performance there and had a really good experience. Yeah. yeah. And let her just think that she's moved on to a more, I don't know, prominent program. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Whatever you need for them to think, that's right. just fine. Right. And you know, sometimes you just need, sometimes the student does need to go away because you can't, there are so many dance studios out there, you can't be the perfect fit for every right. single one. And when it's not the right fit, you just can't take it personally. Yeah. Even though you might love that child, it doesn't mean that they're the right student for you or that you're the right studio for them. And if you're trying to please everyone, then you're really pleasing no one. Precisely. And you're definitely not pleasing yourself. <laughs> right. Wow, that was a lot. Oh. It was like a therapy session. I did, yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. Don't be discouraged if you are struggling with dealing with parents. Absolutely. It gets easier. The it does. The more you do it, mm -hmm. the easier it gets. Practice makes perfect. And or it, practice makes pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you're feeling that isolated feeling, that loneliness, that that echo chamber of being in solitude as a studio owner, come join us over on the Facebook group. It's called DSO Connect Community. And if you have a tricky situation with a parent, post about it there, and you will get some good responses. You'll yeah. get some really good, some seasoned um, studio owners giving you suggestions. We will chime in all the time and help you out because that's what we're that's what we're all about. Yep. Yeah, that was a good that was a good talk. I feel good about that. I learned some things from you. I learned some things for you from you. That's and I, what it's all about. I feel cleansed. <laughs> All right, well, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, DSO Connect. Join our DSO Connect community on Facebook. And please, please, please do subscribe and rate and review to this podcast and share with all your friends in the dance community. We want to reach as many people as possible to help as many people as possible. All right, Casey, signing off until next time. All right, thanks, Robin. Have an awesome, awesome day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.